Health savings accounts, or HSAs, are now quite common in the healthcare landscape. As a matter of fact, Debonair Research estimates there were more than 31 million of these accounts in 2021. Employers commonly provide them as part of their health care insurance suite of offerings, and they often offer incentives to help people save for health care costs. Welcome back to Clear Path, your roadmap to health and wealth. I'm your host, Al Waller. With us today is Catherine Collinson, CEO and president of Nonprofit Transamerica Institute, to explain these accounts. Well, Catherine, nice to have you back. Hey, Al, it's great to be back. So could you start off by helping us get a better understanding what HSAs are? Sure. Well, as you said, HSAs are health savings accounts. They are just that. And what's more, HSAs are a tax-advantaged way to pay for current medical expenses as well as save for future medical expenses. Now, in order to be eligible to open an HSA, And to save into it, you must be enrolled in what's called an HSA-eligible health plan, or what's commonly known as a high-deductible health plan. I remember doing an episode with Mahala last fall on many types of benefits employers offer, which included various types of health care insurance. So then could you remind our listeners what a high-deductible health plan is? High-deductible health plans, by definition, have higher deductibles than traditional insurance plans, meaning that you pay more out-of-pocket health care costs yourself before the insurance kicks in and starts to pay its part of the health care costs. However, it's really important to note high-deductible plans do cover preventative care before the deductible is met. The appeal of high-deductible plans is they typically have lower monthly premiums than traditional health care plans. And to help people save for these uh, higher deductibles, Congress created HSAs, or health savings accounts. Yeah, and I believe you also mentioned there are some tax advantages associated with HSAs, right? So what would they be and how do they work? HSAs offer a triple tax benefit, not one, not two, but three major tax benefits. Let me walk you through what each of these tax benefits are. The first tax benefit, they are tax deductible, meaning that contributions into HSAs are typically made with pre-tax dollars through payroll deduction. So they're not included in your income tax when you file your federal tax returns, although they may be included in state income taxes. The second tax benefit, tax-free growth, meaning unlike regular savings or investment accounts, the interest and capital gains within your HSA are not taxed. And then the third and final tax benefit for HSAs is tax-free withdrawals. And what that means is withdrawals that are used to pay for qualified medical expenses do not incur income taxes. So let me spell this out for you. You can save in an HSA and deduct that from your income, and then that savings can grow. And then later, when you incur an expense against that HSA for a qualified medical expense, uh, you can make that withdrawal from the account and not pay taxes on it. So in fact, you never pay federal income taxes on those dollars. That's fantastic. 
must say, I really like the sound of that. I mean, it almost sounds too good to be true. Now, hypothetically, let's say, you know, someone wanted to uh, put their entire paycheck into an HSA to haul in these substantial tax breaks. Uh, Could they get away with something like that? Well, Al, the IRS is not that generous. No, I guess <laughs> um, hardly all surprising. And so there are annual limits to what you can save into the HSA. For 2022, the annual contribution limit is $3,650 for individual health plans and $7,300 for family plans. However, there is a little bit of good news for those age 55 or older. The IRS has what's called catch-up contributions. So if you are 55 or older, you can save an additional $1,000 annually into the HSA. And in many cases, if both spouses and a married couple are 55 or older, they can make additional contributions depending on the specifics of their health plan. And I want to make a comment about the contribution limits. The limits that I just described come from all sources, from the account holder or employee, an employer, or someone else who makes a contribution to the HSA. Now, you just mentioned employers contributing. So how does all of that work? Great question, Al. And it varies by employer. So of course, an employer has to offer a high deductible health plan to their employees. And then as part of that would offer the HSAs. And many employers actually also kind of sweeten the HSA by making contributions to it on the employee's behalf. Some just make a set dollar contribution to encourage employees to sign up for the HSA and start saving in it. Other employers may use incentives to entice them to engage in healthier behaviors. And when they do, the employer would make a contribution. For example, some employers uh, will make a contribution to the HSA when an employee gets their annual health screening. The employer may offer incentive programs such as weight loss. You achieve a certain weight loss goal and they'll make a contribution to your HSA. Employers even have things like walking challenges that if you can walk a a set distance within a set period of time, they'll make a contribution into your HSA. Well, I think that's all very affirming, you know, using really more of the carrot versus uh, the stick approach here. So that, that's that's good news. So now we see how people and their employers uh, can build up these accounts. Now, I'd, I'd like to turn your attention to how folks can use their money in their HSAs. Uh, you know, first, uh, what are considered qualified medical expenses? This is very, very important. What is a qualified medical expense? For most people, what the qualified medical expenses are, their annual deductible, co-pays, and prescriptions. However, there's a host of items that meet the requirements that are qualified medical expenses that people may not be aware of. And that includes the costs of things like eyeglasses and contact lenses, over-the-counter medications, thermometers and blood pressure monitors, and even feminine hygiene products and sunscreen. Uh, Hmm. With the pandemic, the government also added COVID-related items as qualified medical expenses, including personal protective equipment (laughs) and home testing. And I also want to highlight there are HSA stores, uh, some of which are connected with HSA providers, and major drugstore chains have set them up within their online websites, and the world's largest online retailer 
also has a HSA store within its website. Well, it sounds like there are a lot of products out there that uh, do uh, fall into the list. And, you know, I actually had no idea there were HSA stories out there, but uh, that should really help eliminate uh, the kind of guesswork of which products are in and which ones are out. Now, what other features should we be aware of, uh, you know, in order to take full advantage of these savings? One thing that's really important to know is HSAs are portable, meaning the accounts are in your name. So for example, you're with an employer, you've saved in an HSA, and you're leaving your employer. That account is in your name. You may be able to keep the account with the current HSA provider, or you could roll it over into a new HSA provider. The important thing for you to know, though, is it's yours. The second thing that's really important is many people confuse HSAs with FSAs or flexible spending accounts. Flexible spending accounts require that you use or lose the amount you've saved each year. HSAs are not that way. As we've been talking about it, you contribute it to the HSA and then use that HSA for qualified medical expenses Or you can choose to just let that savings grow within the account over time, which leads to the last point I want to, I want to share as we're Mm -hmm. talking about this. And that is most HSA providers have an option for you to invest your savings in things like mutual funds, stocks and bonds after you reach a certain account balance. The threshold varies, but in some cases that goes as low as a $1,000 account balance. If you so choose, you have the ability to invest according to whatever menu of investment options that they have available. Research shows us that very few people are actually taking advantage of this opportunity. Well, I still have to say, though, the uh, portability uh, feature, I think, sounds like a, a really attractive uh, feature and incentive to get people to do that, especially if they're planning a move down the road and can take that with them. What other guidelines or restrictions should we be aware of in connection with HSAs? One really, really big rule to be aware of, because it could prove costly, is um taking withdrawals from HSAs for non-qualified medical expenses. And we've talked a lot about qualified medical expenses. Mm -hmm. Well, what happens if you use a portion of your HSA on expenses that do not meet that definition of qualified medical expense? The reality is twofold. One is you will pay income taxes on that amount. The second is, if you are under age 65 and do so, there will also be a 20% penalty on the amount withdrawn. So if you do it, there's a price to pay. I will point out that at 65, you do have the ability to uh, withdraw from HSAs for non-medical expenses without the penalty. However, you will still incur your regular income tax. Well, I think most would agree that HSAs offer some surprising benefits. And, and when you think about it, really are investing vehicles, you know, more people should be aware of and utilizing. Well, as always, Catherine, great to have you with us. We hope you'll join us for future episodes. Also, in case you missed it, check out our previous episodes on employee assistance programs, explained and getting good sleep for good health. Clear Path, your roadmap to health and wealth is brought to you by Transamerica Institute 
a nonprofit private foundation dedicated to identifying, researching, and educating the public about retirement security and the intersections of health and financial well-being. You can find our weekly podcast on WYPR's website and mobile app, wherever you get your podcasts, and at transamericainstitute.org. If you have comments or feedback, please reach out to info at transamericacenter.org. Have a topic you'd like to learn more about? Send us your ideas. Until the next time, I'm your host, Al Waller, encouraging you to stay safe, be well, and thanks for listening. Clear Path, your roadmap to health and wealth is produced by the Transamerica Institute with assistance from WYPR. The information provided here is for educational purposes only and should not be construed as insurance, securities, ERISA, tax, investment, legal, medical, or financial advice or guidance. 